welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. So if you're looking for an EMR to expand your visit capacity, get paid for your services, ramp up patient engagement, and eliminate worries about documentation and compliance, then check out Redoc powered by XFIT. It's a cloud-based, fully integrated EMR and billing solution. So you can get all of your billing, your coding, and compliance off your hands and let the experts at NetHealth do it for you. To learn more about Redoc and complete revenue cycle management services, check them out at nethealth.com slash healthy. All right, on to today's episode. I am so happy to announce that Dr. Jenna Cantor will be a permanent co-host here at Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. So Jenna did a couple of interviews at CSM when she was a student at Columbia. Now she is a full-fledged graduate from Columbia University uh, from their physical therapy program, and she is going to be a permanent co-host here at Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. So we're going to be hearing uh, great interviews from her every month. And today's interview is no exception. So Jenna sat down with Roger Herr at the Federal Advocacy Forum last month. Roger is the secretary of the board of directors of the American Physical Therapy Association. He is a graduate of Temple University and has practiced physical therapy on both the East and West Coasts. His involvement in the APTA has been longstanding at local, state, and national levels. He is passionate about making a difference and communicating that to his audience. And Roger has been part of Federal Advocacy Forum and advocacy for the profession for years. So we're so lucky to have him sit down with Jenna and talk about why advocating for physical therapy is important, how each generation of leaders enhanced New York's advocacy efforts, loose guidelines to follow to land a leadership position, and why different perspectives enrich professional advocacy. So a huge thanks to Dr. Jenna Cantor and a huge thanks to Roger Herr for coming on the podcast uh, this week. So enjoy. Hello, I am Jenna Cantor, and I am hosting for the podcast Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. And today, I get to be with Roger Herr, who is the secretary of the APTA. And today, we are going to be discussing the unwritten rules in advocating for the PT profession, which I'm really excited about. (laughs) Roger has become a very fast and amazing mentor of mine and somebody I consult with regularly in New York. So first of all, thank you for just even agreeing to be a guest on this podcast. Thank you. This is like incredible. You guys have no idea. It's such such a humble and amazing human being. All right. So the first question, why do you love advocating for physical therapy? I love advocating because we get to explain what we do to others and translating that because we're good at explaining clinical language to ourselves, but making others understand it, whether it's a policymaker, a rule maker, or someone that impacts a health plan or others, the advocacy role is to explain physical therapy to others that are not familiar, but they impact us. So we need to really interact with them and not trust that they'll understand physical therapy just because we do. 
Right. You get, you go beyond the assumption and you can have more of a conversation, Right. which is great. I love that. So our district, which is greater New York for Roger and I, it has some long time leaders who have been involved with the profession. They are just amazing human beings who are so wise and can really just lead so wonderfully by example. However, I have noticed that there hasn't been a real change in leadership. Could you explain why that might possibly be the case at this moment? And, and from my experience, when I first entered the PPT profession, I came to New York City as a new grad. We had some esteemed colleagues, teachers, professors, uh, practitioners. So they took leadership roles, and they're very passionate. Amazing. And I, what I've learned is that we've got different gen- generations, and different generations have different um, attributes. So some people feel by being active, you need to contribute and, and taking that leadership role. But then that doesn't make room for others to step in. Another challenge of our district specifically is a lot of people come to New York City for their first job, and then life takes them elsewhere, whether they buy a house, they have a family, they go elsewhere in their career. But, you know, we've got so many great medical institutions in New York that people go there for their first job and learn a lot. But at the same point, as you evolve. So we have a lot of people just like our current chapter, our current district chair. She lives in New Jersey now, Mm -hmm. and so she's becoming more active there as she moves out of our district. And so that's just been a natural churn, which I think is healthy because you meet a lot of people that you'll cross paths with later in life. But it also means then the more senior people are, they're living there for the rest of their career as compared to the people that pass through in and out. That that absolutely makes sense. So that being said, do you think there is some sort of age or experience role in taking on leadership, leadership positions? Is that, is that a prerequisite? Would you say? Um, I would say less on the age. It is demonstrating that you're engaged and active in the district. And so traditionally, people did that by how many meetings you went to and then how many things you got involved with. And then, you know, after you've been involving and connecting with the district, then getting slated and things like that. So there was that process. But given that our district has this churn of people that come in and out of New York, just as they're getting themselves established and life changes and they do other things. And that's great. Yeah, But it also means then people are always starting fresh, always new in our district. And so that, that disparity in your um, really elders that feel that they need to hand off the reins to people who have demonstrated, you know, really knowledge and handing that off as compared to people who want to do specific things and jump right in. Uh, and, and it's just a difference in approach. But I think our society has less of that legacy role and more like, what do we need to do now? And I think the world is changing in that. Just like what you're using in media and how you're communicating with others doesn't need to be a district meeting. People can go online and learn about us. Yeah, that's true. It's true. And that wasn't around before. The only way was in person. And a lot of us in, uh, you know, graduated and love that in person and thrive on that. But there are other ways to get engaged and be involved. And you guys are demonstrating that to us. You, you will take it there. Yeah. Actually, bouncing off what you were just saying, so you were saying that there's these newer clinicians coming in, and mm-hmm. usually they're they're in Greater New York specifically for just a certain period of time, and then they end up moving either to a different state or a different dis- district. So it's something you know pretty unique to Greater New York specifically. So my question is: Is there something? in place like a written kind of game plan because that happens so regularly and people will be coming in and and, uh, wanting those leadership roles but then they'll be moving is there anything set in place or does that have yet to be created so uh, this is where i struggle because i think written rules or guidelines kind of give a path 
but there are so many untraditional paths in our profession. And so I, I want to embrace that because I followed a non-traditional path. I grew up in the district in New York, but then I got very involved in my section and got active nationally through my section as compared to the district, to the chapter, and my national involvement. However, I've been able to blend those activities now that I've been active on a national level uh, and being involved in my chapter and, and my section. But um, people would say that's the traditional way, is to grow up through the district to the chapter to the national level. But I don't want to say there aren't other ways, because I look at the people that come to the advocacy forums. And what engages them is advocacy on their legislators, whether it's state or federal, and that's not always being active in your district. That might be being your federal affairs liaison role. and type It's of a totally liaison. different picture. Right. Yeah. But it engages people in a passionate way and different way, and, it, and that's good. We need those different strengths in our team. So, yeah, things aren't written out, and there used to be an in-person, come to meetings, be involved, but now that we're doing things through all kinds of forums, it's, I really get concerned about writing. You have to do it this way because someone might do something different. In and it years. might work. Right. I, I actually like that. That makes it just much more open. But what you need is a mentor. Yes. Anyone. I'm not speaking to you as an individual. Oh, I'm, not, I'm like, I have one of them right here. <laughs> but anyone is find a mentor. And if you don't know, just ask questions. Mm -hmm. Asking questions, asking open-ended questions, um, and just seeking out people who have similar or different thoughts. And like, I want to learn from that. Like, mm -hmm. how did you do that? What keeps you involved? Like, you're asking me questions. That's like, There are many of us out there that want to mentor others. We just need to know who, who's curious. Yeah, you're raise your hand. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor. PTs, what do you hope to accomplish in 2018? I bet providing even better patient care and increasing revenue are top on the list. First, expand your visit capacity. Then get paid for your services, ramp up patient engagement, and eliminate worries about documentation and compliance. The good news is there's one solution that brings it all to the table. Redoc, powered by XFIT, is a cloud-based, fully integrated EMR and billing solution. Imagine PT billing, coding, compliance experts taking the back office work off your hands and reporting to you. Learn more about Redoc and complete revenue cycle management services at nethealth.com slash healthy. Where can one find any type of requirements in writing to get to the top? So though we have this, this open-ended options, mm. but where would you recommend looking to see some sort of guidelines for anyone who may not have a mentor near them or they might be a little shy or you know, what would you recommend? So there are rules, yes. Like any officer position in the district level or the state level has membership requirements. You've been a member or for a period of time. Um, and then I would talk to the nominating committee in each of those areas because every district, every chapter, every section, APTA at large, we all have nominating committees and talk to those people and say, hey, I'm interested to be involved more. Where might I fit or where might I grow to fit certain roles or how can I learn more to find a role that might fit me? You know, yeah. You know, just exploring and nominating com committee people are great. Oh, that. that's a, that's that's brilliant. I love that. And not just for that year. It could be for five years from now. Yeah. You, maybe you don't know when you want to get more involved, but they they can start you thinking. Yes. Yes. That's great. I'm going to use that myself. <laughs> so how can a new potential advocacy leader gain trust with the current core group of people? I think um, what we did in our Hill visits in Albany was great. We each took on a role in having the student perspective, having the private practitioner having uh, several different perspectives come to one legislator's office, they saw the breadth and scope 
yeah. and that no one of us can portray. I could say they're students, but I'm clearly not your typical student-looking person at my age and where I am in my career. However, having students along on those visits is very important because some of those legislators are very interested in students on higher education com committees or other groups that impact and education may be important to them or youth may be important to them um, or just learning and, and healthcare and whether you're entering healthcare, why are you entering it? They want to see a viable community that that's, that allows you to have a, an education, you serve society and obviously as a physical therapist. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and it was true. I felt it in the room, that level of trust. And then also when I was in the room with you, who you definitely have a great experience with speaking to legislative representatives, and then with Teresa Marco, who's another incredible yeah. advocate for the profession, and she has a little bit more experience than me, and then I was more of the newbie. It was like such a perfect balance, and I, we could all kind of grow from each other, which is great. So last question. <laughs> All right. So how can people with different perspectives make a difference in physical therapy and physical therapy assistant advocate advocacy? It's, it's finding our common bond because we may have different perspectives um, on whether it's our politics or the communities we choose to live or places we work. But our common bond is physical therapy and our common bond, I think, with what APTA's mission is and our vision statement um, impacting society, I think those, if we stick to those common bonds and then figure out how we can each display that with that common, that common bond, it's kind of like a touchstone. Like PT is our touchstone. Yes. And then from there, hey, I need you to talk about needle EMG because that's not my practice. I'm not experienced in that. However, others are. So who do I talk to? Same thing with pediatrics. But when it comes to community health, many people call me and want to understand what is home health setting like or what are the issues there or what's working with people with disability in a community environment like, you know, because if they're in an outpatient ortho environment, they're not seeing the population I see. Right. So, but understanding there are PTs out there doing that and I need to connect with them to, to get either refer a patient or connect a family member that wants to learn more or a student that wants to practice in that area that I don't know. And that, that to me is where that collegiality is really helpful. Um, but also it, it, it expands on our um, individual skills but links us together. And, and that constant um, breathability and understanding we're different but we've got a common bond um, is hard to write down or explain. But I think when you get a bunch of PTs in a room, you kind of feel it. Yes. Yes, I agree. I agree with that whole Like at this Federal Affairs Forum here or any, any APTA and that's activity. And that's what makes them more powerful and more impactful when we go and meet with our senator, our congresswoman. It's, it's, it, they see a whole team, not just one person coming, not just two, but a large group, you know, who has common, common priorities, which is incredible. And even our district meetings, you, you see the variety. You've got a lot of students because it's usually at a PT school. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of students there. But then you've got a lot of experience and people coming in from the community that, that maybe work in smaller practices that don't get to see other PTs that much. And they come. And you get this really interesting intermix mm -hmm. of people that wouldn't have happened any other way because you're local. And I, I realize we're lucky. We live in a very populous district that people can get together. But I think in my experience of working in other parts of the country, people want to do that there too, whether they have to drive 10 or 20 miles uh, or more. But a district meeting is, can be that, that life point for them to meet others, interact, get to know others in their community, and also learn something if there's continuing ed or um, elections or other things, like who are your leaders going to be and in getting involved in that. 
Yeah, it could just even just inspire yourself, you know, if you're getting to a point of feeling just burnt out. You know, yeah. a very common, to- very popular topic among students and professionals, this idea of being burnt out. It can just continue to fire your flame, your right. inspiration to keep moving forward. Thank you. This was incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you for anybody who is listening at this moment to the podcast. If you would like to reach out to Roger Hur, you can find him through the APTA website. He is a spectacular resource. Have a great day, everyone. A huge thanks to Jenna and Roger for taking the time out of their schedule at Federal Advocacy Forum. And of course, thanks to our sponsor for today's podcast, NetHealth. So again, NetHealth is Redoc powered by XFIT, which is a cloud-based, fully integrated EMR billing solution. Plus, you can opt in to completely outsource billing services. That's the best way to optimize revenue for your private practice. Imagine PT billing, coding, and compliance experts taking the back office work off your hands and reporting to you so that you can do what you love in your business, which is treating your patients and helping. So to learn more about Redoc and Complete Revenue Cycle Management Services, check them out at nethealth.com slash healthy. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media. 